Well, that's great. I hope you record on that one because I uh, forgot to hit the button on this one. So. <laughs> nice. Hello. The words that you just heard were the words of a very foolish person. For indeed, we had recorded the episode like normal, but the microphone was not set up properly. So the backup recording that we normally do, well, I didn't have it. And it took me about an hour looking and searching to realize that I didn't have it, only to get to the end of this episode and find out that I had mentioned at the end of the episode that I hadn't pushed the button on the backup. Why am I even mentioning this to you? Well, it's because you're about to hear something that is a bit less than stellar. Darren sounds as though he's in a jail cell. And though I would love to say that he's there because of the crime of not having finished Abe's Odyssey, well, that just wouldn't be true. I can do all sorts of fun things when it comes to editing audio, like adding echo. What I can't do is remove it. But also, Darren was on the wrong side of the microphone because of the way it was set up. And that means that I am very loud throughout the episode, and Darren is not. I've tried to balance this as much as possible. Hopefully, you'll be able to hear him all the way through. The other thing I wanted to say is that we did record this episode over a year ago, I believe. We recorded this back in 2020, when we thought Soulstorm would be coming out that year. And, well, 2020 happened. Soulstorm is coming out now. It will be out either April 6th or April 7th, depending on where you look. It will be, I believe, available on console and through Epic. This means that likely I won't get to play it until 2022 when it comes out on Steam. In the meantime, however, for those of you interested in where Oddworld began, here is our episode about Abe's Odyssey. So if she makes fun of you, you just have to keep it up for about three months. Yeah, then, but then I was like, yeah, it's like, you know, you, you've never felt pain like this before. I was like, oh, yeah, but you had Chloe. <laughs> And trumps my my sore ankle. (laughs) True. Hello, and welcome to Filling in the Gaps. I'm Justin. I'm Darren. Today we're going to be discussing a, what I'm going to say is an amazing classic puzzle game, which is Oddworld. We're mostly going to talk about the classic version. That's the only one I've got, so... Yeah, <laughs> which is part of the reason. I've played just a bit of New and Tasty this... Last night? Yeah. <laughs> I saw you bit, there. Last night, a bit this week, too, uh, just to have a feel for how they're different. I don't really want to get into that until we get into the spoiler zone, but it's good. I'm, I kind of prefer the old version, but I think that's partly because that's what I played first, and that's what I'm used to. There are some other reasons I'll I'll get into after this, but I think they're both well worth what they cost. New and Tasty cost $20 at base, and the original one now on Steam is... three bucks or something like that, isn't it? Yeah, and personally, I would would recommend to get the Odd Box Bundle, which I think goes for like 10 bucks. You're basically getting four games for 10 bucks, and three of them are very good. What's the fourth one? (laughs) I'm not a big fan of Munch's Odyssey. Okay. Which we may get into a bit today, but probably not much. 
I don't think we'll ever do a full episode of that one, though. <laughs> Unless, like, I lose a bet of some kind. Have you played it yet? Yeah, I've played through all four of those. Oh, did you finish it, then? Yeah. So I can't make you play it for Buyer's Remorse, then? No. <laughs> I could still make you play. <laughs> uh, we will get into this more, but both games were developed by Oddworld Inhabitants, and... These versions on Steam are both published by Oddworld Inhabitants as well. The New and Tasty, it does say developer just add water. I don't know if they've changed their name, but it's definitely the same group of people who are making this. I think basically it's, an, it's a bunch of indie developers who asked Lanning if they could do it, and he said mm-hmm. yes. So We've also both watched the Ars Technica war story for Oddworld Abe's Odyssey with Lauren Lanning. I've watched, just today, I finished up watching the three-hour interview that they did with him. So it's basically the same thing. Like, they edited it down for that 30-minute one. It was a really short one, then. If it was three hours, they cut a lot out, then. They did, but a lot of the full interview has to do with him growing up and building up to that. And the stories are kind of more fleshed out. I'd like to watch that, then, because when I was watching the Ars Technica one, just the the short version, he's such a down-to-earth Really, he sounds like he's had a bit of a history, not not a good childhood and stuff like that. And There are bits of that, but he pretty much just kind of keeps making references to that. This is a really good showing of where he came from. And I do think if we'd had the same interview 20 years ago, we would have gotten a very different interview, a very right. different side of Lauren Lanning, because he even refers to himself. I don't want to say totally negatively, but there are some things he says about himself in the past that I think are... are a bit different in the man we have now. Right. But no, you. I think you sent me a message saying, you know, something like he's so charismatic or he's yeah, so charming. It's very endearing, yeah. That's what endearing, yeah. And I, I think that that's very true. And I think one of the things about him in that interview is he's very kind of humble. He never, he will say, you know, I came up with this or I came up with that or I stuck to my guns, I wanted this. But throughout it, he's constantly referencing other people who helped him make this game or get a step up into other things, you know. So if you've not seen it, even if you're not really interested in this game, I would definitely recommend it. Hopefully we'll remember to put a link to at least one of those. The war story is is pretty brilliant because of the way they did all the, the interjections and yeah, the sounds. The game and stuff, yeah. Yeah. Whereas the interview is, they broke it into chapters, but that's pretty much all they did. Otherwise it just runs as is. Right, okay. But let's get into the game. So Abe's Odyssey was originally released in December of 1997, and that was for the PlayStation 1, directed by Lauren Lanning, which is something that he references as the director's, you know, game developing. There really wasn't a title of director. It, it wasn't the same as it is now. He entered the industry at a time that is very different than the way things are run now. Yeah, because he wanted to make movies, didn't he? That's what he said. Yes, and he also was coming from the art side of things, but in those days, he mentions that he he couldn't even get a job doing computer animation because he didn't have a degree in computer programming. Yeah. Animation of the CG variety was left to computer programmers, not to artists, and left him out of the office kind of thing. And And he, you know, so he worked hard to get a portfolio 
to get back into the industry. And there's a part of me that still hopes that there will be perhaps a movie in the future. I don't see why not. It's a good story. Yeah, there's, what would it be, about 17 years between the original and then the totally kind of revamped, remade, new and tasty. It's, for me, a game that has lasted all this time. I've just played through it again, the original one, and it does have its issues, but overall, I love this game. I think that it has an interesting story. It has a very developed world, which feels kind of like ours, but not. And boy, does it still look good. Yeah, I mean, even when I eventually gave up playing it, I went to watch a playthrough and I watched it on the original PlayStation version. And yeah, I mean, it's definitely different on PC. They've definitely touched it up a little bit for the PC version. But even on the PlayStation 1, it was like, I remember when this game came out, because I I played it probably the week it was released, and it blew my mind how incredible it was, because it was something completely different. It was virtually the same thing for me. I was home from university, and I visited my friend, and he had it. He's like, you've got to play this game. (laughs) Well, pretty much if he says that, I'm going to play. And we took turns for hours playing this, and there was... Just, you know, my my jaw must have dropped when I saw some of the visuals, when I saw the animation at the beginning that dropped you into the actual game. I mean, that that opening cutscene was great. Yeah, it was. Even the menu system was interesting. It was something. It wasn't just normal. It was something really cool. You know, like pops his head through the the little manhole and. But I, I played this game. Like my friend ended up, he fell asleep, and I was still playing. Right. Like I, I absolutely loved this game this was something that i then had to get for myself and i had to play there are other games i played before this that i would say were puzzle games and puzzle platformers but i think nothing cemented my love for puzzle games like this one and you're gonna hear me probably gush over this one a lot whereas i think darren probably won't because he didn't finish it which we're going to get into in the spoiler section Mm -hmm. which is probably time to do now, so here is your spoiler warning. If you have not played Abe's Odyssey, I highly recommend it. Would you at least recommend people to try it? Oh, I love this game. I don't know why you think I don't like it. Because <laughs> you didn't finish it. It's it's a game that I'll probably never finish. I can still love this game and I can still really appreciate this game, but I'll never finish it. It's just one of those games, but I, I, I totally am on board with this uh, game. It's one of the best games that I've never finished. <laughs> That's that's the quote for the poster right there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so here's your spoiler warning. All right, welcome to the spoiler section. Let's talk about Abe's Odyssey. I want to talk first just a few things about New and Tasty. I do recommend it. I see that it has a very positive review on Steam. With over 2,000 reviews, it's very positive. And this is for a game that I think most people had already played. Yeah. And now they're playing this kind of newer version. And I'm not a remake, reboot type of person. But when I heard that this game was coming out, I thought, actually, I could see it. I could see them wanting to try and do it and do something differently. It was like Night Dive does that with a lot of games as well. They're doing a lot of the classics. You know, they're, they're doing um, System Shock 2. System Shock 1 is also getting a reboot as well. But, but they're, they're all basically the same games, just with better graphics. That's all. And that's what they seem to have done with this. I've read some of the reviews about 
the new and tasty. And I can totally understand why some people don't like this game. Because I can see why in the original that we, well, that I played and we both grew up on, you move in cells. It's like you, you press the button, you move an X amount of space on the screen. Yes. Whereas with new and tasty, it's more fluid and free. So in the original game, when you're trying to replay a level and do that running jump to grab the ledge to avoid the whatever trying to attack you, it was all muscle memory and the, the controller system kind of, it was it was almost fluid in its own way. You could memorize exactly, okay, it's three squares and then you jump. It was designed for speedruns. Right. Like it was really well done. And that's a problem I found when I was even just doing the, like the early sections of New and Tasty is that getting close to a bomb to deactivate it was a bit awkward right. because in the old game you tap, were tap tap yeah you were set to the very specific spot you couldn't inch into the bomb but now you can right yeah <laughs> and no. so that that's a bit of an issue there's new animations and like they've actually changed minor things that happen in the animation as well which they look yeah even more amazing than the original ones but the original ones still hold up. Like, the original ones still look fantastic to me. But the the original ones have this very odd look. Like, it almost looks like it's on an old cathode ray tube television. Like, even still. So that makes me think that they must have done some sort of coding trickery to make the animation work at the size they needed, at the speed they needed, that still is in the game. But I wouldn't have noticed then because I would have been playing on one of those older right. TVs. <laughs> but it still looks great to well, me. Yeah. It didn't look great for me when I first started this because I mm-hmm. had a bad, bad bug. And everything, like, as soon as the title screen came on and you've got, like, the... You're talking about the original Apes Odyssey that you're playing now. Yeah, yeah. And so it was just, like, everything was just, like, frame by frame where it was almost, like, loading screen from, like, an old Spectrum or Commodore game where it would just be, like, one, two, like, frame everything. And then the voices would be, like... Up, and I had to wait for the whole cutscene before the game played all right, but the cuts all the cutscenes. So every time you're moving, transitioning from between levels and stuff like that, every time the camera pans, it just was horrible lag. But I managed to fix that. It was quite an easy fix. And it's not something that I experienced. Yeah, because so. I even gave you the code and stuff. To yeah, and I, I didn't need it, luckily. Yeah. So it's not going to happen to everyone, but if you do find that, there is probably easily downloadable zip files that you can put in and fix everything, right? Yeah, it's basically, it's just a little bit of code, and it, it, someone's basically written a program to do something about the refresh rate of your screen, and you just got to t- type in a few numbers and add it to your Steam folder. In Noon Tasty, there are... 299 Mudokans you have to rescue, whereas it was 99 in the original, so it seems like it's much bigger. There must be more hidden areas and things. You've got a lot more checkpoints, it looks like, which is, I think, your biggest complaint about the original. And one thing that I, I don't like is that there's a lot more talking. And by that, I mean... So, in in that interview I was watching today... Mm-hmm. There's a section where he was talking about they had to keep everything as small as possible because there's only so much that... It's going to go on CD. Yeah. Yeah, they could they could fit. For example, all the Mudokan voices are basically the same sound file. So the hello is the same for Abe and for all the others. They just pitched it faster so that it would sound a little bit different. But the audio file in the actual code, there's just one. So they were doing a lot of that. But 
without that limitation. Now, it's like every little creature's trying to make jokes throughout the whole thing, and I don't like that as much. The Madakans are cleaning up and saying, oh, this square foot is going to be really clean, you know, or I'm trying to move up that janitorial ladder. And it's okay if you hear it once. But even within the short time that I played, like I heard these things kind of over and over again. And they've also made a lot of the other characters sound more like English. Whereas in the old ones, like the Sligs and the Gluckens, the stuff they said sounded a bit kind of gibberish to me. And now it's clear and you can understand what they're saying. And I kind of preferred it when I didn't. It felt more otherworldly to me. Yeah, because in the original, when they're in the boardroom meeting, it's just, you make out one or two words, food, you know, you'll hear like the important word. But so they're fully voiced now. Kind of, but they're still, they just speak in, you know, chopped up words and phrases and stuff. You don't really hear full sentences, but I just, kind of preferred the old way mm. i mean perhaps in a movie you would have to do that but as far as games personally i like the fact that it felt so foreign that i couldn't even understand what they were saying but through their storytelling i could still tell what they were talking about right exactly but they've also they've gotten rid of the flip screen style of game so you can smoothly go for much further oh i know so instead of just like yeah each screen is a is own self-contained level yes. kind of thing. So you can actually... The camera will pan into the other parts. Yeah. Okay. Well, it, you're just... Is that, is that good? It's like a normal 2D. Um, I kind of prefer the original because that was part of what made it feel different. And it was never a problem, at least on the PlayStation, for me, it was never a problem of going from one screen to another felt like it took a long time. No. It was... It, it, felt flawless and i kind of liked what you could do with that and what they did with that yeah for me that was part of what made it pretty amazing was thinking in steps and how many hops it takes and thinking in it's this screen and then there's the screen to the left and then there's another screen to the left and kind of visualizing how the whole puzzle worked together instead of playing it you know like a mario level you have to think about each section and that's part of why one thing I definitely want to get to is the speed run sections at the end of the temples because they work because they were done that way. I think I would have been more frustrated if it had been done in a more standard, conventional way. And even in the maps, when you look, when you go to the directory, it'll show you each level in squares. Yes. Does and it I, still show you it in squares? In the, in the Odd World one, um, in the New and Tasty, um, I'm not sure, actually. They, there was a part with a directory. I think it breaks it into squares, but now it's more, they're not always the exact same size. Right. So you'll get some sections where you'll have four Mudokans all in the same area before you hop up onto a ledge or something. And so that section will be kind of squared off sort of on the map. But yeah, it's, it's different. And, and he even mentioned that in the interview. He's talking about the fact that you could hear a slig sleeping off screen off screen before yeah. you would get to it. So they had to do things to give you the same warning you would have before. So they've added the like yellow Z's that are creeping into the screen so that you can see that ahead of time. They gave the slig's a 
kind of red laser view, you can see where they're looking. Oh, okay. So that they don't completely surprise you. Um, so they they thought about those things. How is this going to work differently? The shadows on the old game were very, very dark. And so it was one of the most genius things was to just make your character so dark in the shadows that they couldn't be seen by the other like enemy characters, but also you couldn't see them. They've done the same thing, except I guess they had some trouble with getting it to be dark enough. And so instead of shadows, there are steam vents, and so you have to hide in the steam. Oh, okay. I still think it's a good game, but I will never love it as much as the original. Fair enough. And so let's talk now about the original. It is, what, nearly 23 years old as, (laughs) as we're recording this now. It's just amazing. There are so many races that we're dealing with. And they all feel very different. And they have their own rules. We've got, obviously, the Madokans like Abe, who are essentially slaves in the factory. We've got Meeches, which are extinct. Yeah. <laughs> You've got Scrabs that were being used to make Scrab cakes. Scrab cakes, yeah. Paramite that were made uh, into Paramite pies. You've got your Gluckens, which are the... Kind of the bosses, <laughs> the bosses, the <laughs> mob <Sars>. suit, <laughs> suit boss wearing guys. Yeah, Moloch is apparently the head of them. You've got the sligs, which are like slugs uh, on stilts, basically robotic stilts that they can run around on. You have slogs, which are basically dogs. You've got Elam, which is mule spelled backwards. You can use him to ride through and make some very big jumps, and all of those things oddly fit into this world together in a way that doesn't feel like it should, but they've found a way to make it work. And I love the fact that it's so easy to see the hierarchy. Like it's established in the opening scene. Everything is established so quickly. And then it all becomes part of that world as you go through your story. So when you get into the story, you're starting off Abe sees Well, he's looking at the posters and talking about, oh, Meech's, we don't have those anymore, but we still make some pretty good food. (laughs) And then he sneaks in to see what the new food is going to be, the new and tasty as it's on the poster, and finds that it's going to be Mudakan Pops, right? They're going to grind up some of their workers and sell them because profits are down. There's a point. Did they change the Mudakan Pops? In the new and tasty, is it still a head on a pike, like on a stick? Because I saw a picture and it was more cartoonish and it was more like an actual ice cream shape. Just It was just, just like their color with two eyes, but it was just like an ice cream thing. I don't remember. Uh, that game is dark, man. This, this, I mean, like, I, I wanted to talk about that maybe later, but this game has got some really dark things in it. It's very cartoonish, but it is very dark. But I think that that's part of what this game is trying to do. This game is trying to send home some messages without being preachy about it, Mm. right? Talking about the dangers of commercialism going too far, the dangers of eating things to extinction. So what we did with the dodo. Yeah, so there's, there's a lot going in there. And the thing is, it's dark, but I wouldn't say that it's necessarily darker than a lot of Looney Tunes cartoons. True. Right? There's lots of explosions and things that should be death, but they do it in a way that's humorous 
So if you possess a slig and then they blow up at the end, and they get splattered. They they splatter is kind of over the top comedy, but also and like Abe sometimes laughs. He always about it. laughs for me. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> I love, I love how when they die, you just like, <laughs> that little giggle. Uh, so funny. The story is very simple, but it, it works. But let's kind of go through the story. So after finding out the truth, he decides he needs to escape. And there's a bit of animation and they're dropped onto the factory floor. Throughout the factory section, you are given tutorials in a very beautiful way because they are in-game on an electronic board that's above. One of those ticker ticker machine things, yeah, for the <laughs> stock market. <laughs> and that's giving you your instructions, but occasionally it'll also say something very funny. Yeah. Uh, there's one in particular that talks about, I think, any workers beyond this point will be shot or something, and then it says, do it, Abe. <laughs> 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 in this section, there are hidden secret areas that I'm pretty sure the first time I played I found zero of. They are pretty well hidden and that was kind of the way it was designed because those areas are very, very difficult. You're really meant to just run through and do what you see, but you are given a warning before you leave that in in the form of a billboard that says so many Mudakans will die if you leave now. That's another great thing throughout the factory. You are given a board that tells you how many you've saved and how many are dead. Right, yeah. (laughs) That gives you a good goal of this is how many I need to save. There are some very tricky parts even through the opening, but nothing feels impossible. In fact, I think the overall game, the actual stuff that you have to do, the stuff that you're seeing, most of it to me doesn't feel that bad. It's the secret areas that are really tricky and are really tough. And especially with the way that the saving works, sometimes you would have to do a whole lot of stuff before you would get to the secret area, and then you would die in the secret area, and then you'd have to do that all over again. And this, I think, is one of your biggest complaints about the game. Yeah, that's just basically, that's it in a nutshell. That's why I I, I won't finish it, because it just drove me insane. I was cursing, I was sweating, I was spitting, I was just like, nah. Because there's one part where... Exactly what you're saying. You get to that area, you do everything, and then you you make one little mistake, and then it's like it's not back to the, the beginning of that area. You're booted out of the area and back into the another part, and you've got to do something again. I mean, some of the checkpoints are okay, some of them are all right, but I don't know what they were thinking, man. I have no idea what they were trying to do. Like if they were trying to make it hard on purpose, then mission success. But yeah, I just couldn't. Uh, and maybe maybe this is. How would we have been conditioned in the 2000s? I think there are a few things at work here. So one, I think that a lot of times the checkpoints were at the best place, for example, if you didn't want to do the secret room or you found the secret room too hard, it would take you back to before you ever got there, which I kind of understand, but that's not the way I work. I want to start in the secret room and keep practicing that until I get it. I want to understand. I want to figure out this puzzle. But I think that that was part of it. I think another part of it is just being a product of its day. PlayStation was one of the first to really have a saving checkpoint, a kind of 
card to remember everything so you didn't have to enter in a crazy password or something like that? You could enter a password in Abe, and you can on the PC, but uh, I remember that, and we spoke about this before we've done this, talking about this today. It was like a Lemmings-style code that you could enter, and you can save it. And I think that Lemmings-style code will actually, is more of a accurate, like, will drop you off at a certain point. Like, so if you're, if you are in the secret room and if you just press pause, you'll get the code for that part. And I think that will drop you back in there. But that's very finicky. I, I don't have time for that. <laughs> that was not something I think that I had on the PlayStation. I think the other issue at stake was the way games were up until then. We didn't have, say, the Skyrim of today where you can save it literally anywhere you want. Yeah, every step. It was still a time with what Resident Evil where you had to get to, uh, was it a typewriter in Resident mm-hmm. Evil? Or pretty much any of the horror games or Silent Hills, any of them, they had save points you had to make it to. Yeah. And this, it's still kind of a product of that day. We were still more patient because not long before that, we were still doing Nintendo side scrollers and having to get all the way through levels. And there, there was a point, again, you either entered in the very long, complicated password or you played from the beginning. This was... Or you cheated. <laughs> but this is getting this is getting there. But yeah, I mean, it's still a product of its day. I mean, I, I think it's it, it's got to be down to memory. It has to be just a, a case of memory because Mist Mist had checkpoint and they had no checkpoints. You could save it. It, it was a Skyrim safe system that they had, and it was the same time, if not a little bit before this. So the technology existed to save at any point that you wanted to. It must be a space issue or a programming issue that they had to fit it on the disc. Or maybe they didn't know how to do it. I mean, you're talking about Mist. Mist was very groundbreaking in its day, so they may have come up with that themselves. I also think, I want to say it's just just a very different game. Mm. But I mean, you cannot argue that a better save system would be a better game. It would. It would. It would. It would help people like me play it. There's a lot of people who, out there who are going to try this maybe for the first time or people like me that just have never got around to finish it and well, like maybe they listen to this and go, oh, I'll try it again and after 10 minutes, like, yeah, I can see why because when I went back to play, I'm like, yeah, now I understand why I didn't finish this game in the first place because when you said, oh yeah did you, did you get out of the factory? I was like, yeah, I got out of the factory and I got into like the yard and stuff and you're like, did you get to the, the next bit? I'm like, there's a next bit and then I played it again and I was like, oh wow, there is a next bit there's a whole, the game hadn't even started For where I quit the last time. (laughs) Yes. In that conversation, I was just baffled because (laughs) you had essentially finished what, in my mind, was the tutorial. Yeah. And you hadn't even really got to the game yet. Yeah. But, I mean, I'd saved everyone in that factory. Like, absolutely. I'd I'd completed everything in that factory. Good for you. (laughs) I, I do think that that would make the game that part of the game much longer. I've never to this point, I think, saved everybody in the opening factory. I've gone I've gone back, so this playthrough, I went back through the factory and saved a lot, but I don't know if it changes the first time and the second time. It must, because when you leave that first time, you have like 20 that are dead on your scoreboard. Ah, uh, okay. Because, I mean, even when you go back to the factory, you basically come in through that electric fence that you can't come out of the first time. So I don't know why they just don't let you go back through it again, but oh, okay. Well, their secret rooms are probably different now. You know, like at the beginning of the game and at the end of the game, they're probably different. Yeah, Yeah, so 
you get out to the stockyards. This is where you have to deal with the motion detectors. You have to deal with the anti-chant bots, drones that are kind of floating. You have to deal with more sligs. There's a scrab that annoyingly will kill a mudakin if you don't chant fast enough. (laughs) This is also where you start to see the lights that will help guide your way. If you chant, and then they'll give you a tip as to what's coming up or what you need to do. Yeah, or cheap shot you. In what way do they cheap shot you? This was, this was so annoying. It's like, there's a bit where it's like, you see, so you got the fireflies, and then you chant, and then they, they form words, so you, you read them. There's one part where it's like, you chant, you're doing your, you, 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 and then it says like, watch out for the bats. bats. And then the bat kills you immediately. Come on. <laughs> I think that was meant to be for comedy. But I will say this. I hate the bats. I hate the bats so much. They kill you quickly. They're often in parts that just make that one screen so difficult. I mean, the one with the, the with the swinging rocks that and there's, there's bats. Yes. But I mean, at least they follow a predictable path. and They do. And there are some cheap ways that the game has given you. For example... If you crouch right next to the rock, sometimes they don't hit you. It's only if you're standing. But yeah, that very section, I know exactly what you're talking about because I I can't tell you the number of times that I died on that on the way back through. Because it wasn't just the... Getting there was not so bad, but getting back was more difficult. That was, I think, in the Paramite section. Because you've got to hang on to the ledge each time. Yeah, But yeah, it's... Well, let's get back into the game. So we have the stockyards, we get through the darkness, and then you get another beautiful cutscene where he notices, Abe notices that the crater shapes on the moon match his hand and give a kind of prophetic idea that he is to be special. Well, he is Abe, and he's going to free the slaves, so... This is where he gets into a village of his people that are... Free after hilariously falling off a cliff. True, <laughs> and that, that bit reminds me of one of the really early Simpsons where Bart's going to jump the canyon on his bike. Yes, and Homer ends up doing something. He falls off the cliff, hits every rock on the way down, and then the, the helicopter comes in, airless amount. They put him in the back of the ambulance. The ambulance crashes into a tree. <laughs> the stretcher falls into the canyon again. That was what this bit reminded me of with Abe falling off this cliff. It was hilarious. He gets to the village of people like him. This is where he properly learns to chant and stuff. The thing was, you you were saying in a message to me that you felt that the... I think the thing is, you were finding all the secret areas. I mean, the thing is, in the menu, it's like got yeah. all the buttons. So it's like, this is hello, this is wait, mm-hmm. this is follow me, this is mm-hmm. chat. So of course I tried them all. And so you, you experiment with that. I didn't, need a, I didn't need a tutorial to tell me what there was. It was, you know, just through a bit of trial and error that I found out, oh, if you chant, you can possess people, uh, which is in the fact, again, that seems a bit... Of a okay, but what, what on the keyboard, how does it work to chant? Zero. Okay. With controls, it's a very different know, I'm beast. saying in the original PlayStation days, like the, the menu system told you. Okay, if you went to the menu, if you looked it up, yeah. which... I wouldn't have. I would have just gone in and started playing. Mm. And so I would have just been following the instructions as I was given. I probably wouldn't have learned to chant until it told me to. 
particularly because of the way the controls were on the PlayStation. It was a genius for its time. Like, you have to remind me of this thing. So when you, for example, want to chant, you'd have to use two of the, the, the two of the bumper buttons together. Right. If you wanted to speak, you would hold one and one of the other buttons. Yeah. Odd World, as far as like this one, Abe's Odyssey on the PlayStation, introduced a way of using the limited number of buttons. It, it just increased it exponentially by saying, yes, you can hold this button. And when you do that, all the other buttons do something new mm. in a way that I don't remember having happened before. And certainly, if it had, not to this extent. Yeah, Resident Evil, you held the R2 trigger button and you pressed X to shoot. That was because uh, otherwise X was pick up, I think. Okay. But to this level, it not, just, not to that extent. it just blew my mind at the time. And the amount of kind of powers and things that Abe could actually do, still to this day, I'm impressed by how much they were able to get into this game. Because even when you control the slings, when you take over them, then you got a whole new range of vocabulary things. You can control the dogs, you can... Get through the key sections yeah. that are locked off for yeah. you. Yeah. can you can uh, make weird guitar twanging noises. <laughs> <laughs> And, oh yeah, you can call the you can call the dogs as well here, boy. <laughs> and yeah, it, it's like you get adds, adds a whole new depth to it. That's so cool. The whole possession thing. In this section, the village section, you have to learn to speak because if you don't, there's Mudokan with like a slingshot who's going to hit you yeah, in the head yeah, and kill right. you. So you have to learn to do the whistling and the speaking. The farting. True. Uh, pretty much in their language, it seems like every sentence ends with that, like a period. And you find the two temples you have to enter, or the, the kind of lands that you have to enter. So there's the Paramite land and the Scrab land. And the creatures themselves, I mean, I, again, I think they look amazing. Scrabs have oddly amazing torsos. That <laughs> yeah, they're pretty ripped, man. <laughs> and Paramites have mouths that are almost literally hand-shaped. Each of the kind of tentacle thing off of them is a different shape. And they work in opposite ways where paramites on their own are oh they're okay they'll run away from you unless you corner them but if you get two of them together then they're going to kill you yeah with scrabs it's the opposite if you can get two of them together they'll kill each other and ignore you for a second i like that i like that they built in this set of rules for how these creatures work and they let you know it's no secret yeah huge lands to get through and then the temples as well i quite like the temples because it feels before portal it feels like that you had testing rooms you had nine areas that you had to light the torch and sound the bells and escape (laughs) i like that a lot this is also the section where you're going to have elam which this is the part i think one of them that bothered you was it where he won't leave the honey that's one of them. Yeah, uh, the first one, I... Oh, yeah, yeah, I was stuck on this for... This was a bad one. This was a bad checkpoint, this part, because you got to advance. you got to do that whole section. It's probably... I've probably got five hours of footage of this. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, where you... It's where you basically first meet the first Madokin and you say, like, hello, and he lowers the lift for you to get on. Then you, th- you take the lift up, you go across a bit, then there's the honey pot that you need to throw the... Stone at the bees, 
and you gotta, but you've also gotta kill a slag on the next screen, and then you gotta make the jump. And if you mess up any of that, it puts you all the way back to what's the password. And that was my first rage quit. That was so annoying. <laughs> so annoying. I don't want to get too into each puzzle. There were. <laughs> you can see my notes here, right? The black one is like just angry, and the blue one is like, okay, like let's let's be normal. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, and yeah. I mean, I mean, because this thing is all the, a lot of the puzzles are pretty much the same. It's just like jump over something, light a fire. It's it's like I guess it's like portal in a sense where you're you're given three or four things, but. The, the way that they've worked out how to do things with them, they've managed to make a really big number of combinations using some very simple tools. Yeah, there are the tubes you need to jump in and out of. There are the bombs you can deactivate, the bombs you can't deactivate. They give you grenades, they give you rocks, they give you meat, meat. to appeal to the paramites and the scrabs. They give you the chant so that you can take over slags and kill things. Mm -hmm. There's you can, Definitely. You can even possess the bells at some points. Yes. Yeah. Well, you kind of have to possess the bells in order to make them work. Yeah. I don't you know. You can control them. You can control them. I've never done it where I knew the tune mm. and did it manually. Have you tried that? No, no. I've often wondered if it would work, but never really put in the effort to find out. It might. Who knows? That's something for you to try in your next playthrough. I do know that there's one in particular that you basically rage quit, and this is the one that ended you, though. And this oh, is the, the one with the pot, the honey. boulder, right? Yeah, the boulder. It's not really a honeypot. There's just two sections bees. of bees, yeah. and you can't get past the bees. Yeah, that's the thing. You can get past them. Okay. And I got up onto the ledge, mm -hmm. and I got the chant. Yeah, but you're going to die on the way back, right? Why? Because the bees get you again. Oh, you can, you can, they, they come in, they, 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 there's like a, a lag between them. You can jump through them. You can get past them. Oh, okay. See, I did that, but when I came out of the directory or whatever, it, uh, they just got to me right away. Oh, yeah, they do, but you can run them off and get rid of them. Like, okay. Yeah, I mean, I managed to, because I, I managed to get the bees to kill the paramite mm -hmm. and get to the directory, and I did everything, and then I got to the top, and I then I released the boulder, and then I got took took care of those those paramites. I got the meat, and I took care of the other falling rock thing, which I don't understand where these rocks are falling from, but <laughs> just from from heaven. Well, um, you'll actually see they usually give you two markers. There's usually a shadow on the ground, and often there's something like an X on the. I'm just saying, in the, who's got this this who's loaded them up? Boulders. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, but you will often if you really look, you'll see a little bit of the rock kind of dangling at the top of the screen. So visually they're there. Why they exist, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's a test, you know, but yeah, I got all the way to the end and I was like, oh, I don't have the, I don't have the chant. Because mm -hmm. you have to go down and know, down. on the other side. Yeah. And I just, I got the chant for the bells, but I didn't light the fire. And I was like, beep this. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm not doing that again. That was, uh, yeah, that was my that was my second rage quit. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of bleeps in this episode. Yeah, so that was where I that, that, and that mm, that was where I quit. Actually, that was my so second final quit. And I was like, right, I'm going on YouTube and I'm gonna just watch someone. And the guy playing it, man, I don't know who this person is, but you are a fantastic genius at this game. Speedrunning two hours or something like that, man, to, for the whole game. Jesus, pretty impressive. But this game is. I mean, it's well-equipped for people who want to speedrun. It would take me at least 30 hours to finish this game. I just didn't have the time for this podcast. Anyway, I, I, might, I might go back to it, but after watching the playthrough, 
and seeing what's coming up. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about this. This is probably my favorite part of this game. This was something that I didn't get to play in that initial playthrough at my friend's house. This I had to play on my own later. Got to the temple, finished through the Paramite temple, and then you get into the big door, and it's so weird. It's so different because you get there, and there's nothing. And there's a tube, so I jump in the tube, and you can pop around, but you're looking at a bunch of screens in the foreground, which, by the way, I do want to mention how amazing it is that they did do 2D, but with these two different layers that give such depth to everything you see, but also just to the world and how it works in general. It just makes it feel much more real to me, having those those two different layers. This is kind of like when we talked about Inside, how they gave it that depth visually, but you never really got to interact with anything in the background, so it didn't feel as real to me. But this game is probably the one that ruined that for me because it did both so well. You can do stuff in the foreground or you can have this kind of background stuff. But the background stuff in this level is so important because it's a taste of things to come. It gives you a hint of what you're doing. If you're going to get stuck in a part, you can go through here, look at it, get an idea of how you want to run through it, because this is basically a speedrun section. You have to speedrun through yeah, most the, of this. The, the Paramite Temple, I think. No, 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 that, that's the, the ripped six-pack abs temple. It's both of them. So instead of having a boss fight, this is what you have. You're using so many of the skills that you have learned throughout, but you have to do it quickly. I'm saying, but you can't scout in the first one, at least. Yeah, you can. Oh, well, the speedrun no, speed guy didn't scout in the first one, but he did in the second one. I think you're forced to do it in the second one. Oh, perhaps. Maybe. But you don't... You have it in both of these. You, oh, okay. you have the, the chance to look ahead mm. or to look ahead after you've already tried and died a few times. There are spots... This is one thing I love about this one. There are spots in the speedrun section where you can pause for a break, you know, give your fingers a, a right. second to rest or something like that. I, I appreciate that a lot because having to be perfect the whole way through would be very tough. But giving you a chance to say, you know, giving you that chance to take a breath and go, okay, what am I doing next? Being able to, for me, mentally break it into the different sections. But what I really loved about this, one, I think it works. I think it works so much this is the thing. I think I mentioned this in Aperture Tag is, you know, they tried to do this and it wasn't quite right. Well, that, that, that speedrun in the middle of the game was <laughs> <a> horrible. <man. laughs> they didn't really let you see what was coming ahead. Some of the mechanics didn't work properly the way that they probably should have. Not a problem in this one. This one is very tight. It works very, very well. The Paramite one is pretty much perfect. The Scrab one at the end, there's a bit I don't like because there's kind of a you have to jump across and deal with a scrab and falling stuff. The falling stuff always, for me, is one of the hardest parts of this game. And the falling parts, plus bats or plus scrabs or plus whatever, just is exponentially more difficult. <laughs> but I love the idea that here we, we have an end level that does everything we've been doing. It, it, you know, it's built us up to this. And it's not a boss fight. It's something different. And that is something that not a lot of games have mastered, finding a satisfying end to a section that doesn't involve an end boss. Yeah, true. So yeah, so you get through both of those worlds and then you gain the super chant power of the, I think it's the 
Shrikel, I think, but mm. basically you you become a mix of both of those creatures and you can take out everything in the screen. There's blue lightning everywhere. It's amazing. And this allows you now back into the factory. So back into the factory, this is where I think the majority of the Mudakans are that you need to save. So you, I, this time, went back through most of the early sections, found the secret areas, saved as many as I could, and then you go through Zulag 1, Zulag 2, Zulag 3, Zulag 4, a lot more of these kind of factory puzzles, really annoying sections with lots of slogs. <laughs> even, Tons of slogs, man. <laughs> even if you have control of the slig, it becomes very tricky because if there is one part that... You're coming from both sides at some points, you know, and just like one, left, right, left, right. That, and I think at least the one I'm thinking of is that. Plus there was another one just before that. It's just so many of them that you, if you shoot for too long, you take a step back. Yeah. And I would get to the point where I would step into the next screen. Oh, and then, again? and then if I went to go forward, they were just on me immediately. Uh, right, so right. yeah, so I'd have to start that section over again. Very tricky, but I don't know. Overall, yes, it can be difficult, but it's a lot of fun. And I, you know, I'm happy to do this. This leads up to though the very end game, which is another speed run with, did you not see that part? I'm trying to remember now. I, yeah. oh, yeah. So it's another silhouetted part. You have to kind of do it perfectly, get across some bombs, up to deactivate oh, electricity, yeah, yeah, back yeah, through yeah. again. And you want to save the Mudokan because now with certain sections, if the bird portal that you're saving them in, if they have a number like two or in this case one, and you get that right number into the bird portal, you get that special blue chant so that you can destroy everything in one particular section. This allows you at the end of the game to destroy all of the Gluckens in the boardroom, except for one. Of course. So you get knocked out, and Moloch is there. And so you've never beaten the game before. No. Right. So in that case, you don't know what happened. Well, so I've seen all the endings. Oh, you have? Yeah, I watched. I mean, it's, like I said, I watched the speedrun. Yeah, game. but the speedrun would do it right, not... Uh, so I, w- I went back and I watched, because I, all, all, I watched all three endings. Yeah. So there is one ending for if you don't save enough, where they basically let you die. Yeah. You have to go back to an earlier section in the game. Oh, does it, does it kick you back to the beginning? Like, At least it did in the old days, and I'm assuming that it still does. Right, okay. Because I didn't the first time. I didn't save enough. Because you got to save 50, yeah? Yeah, and I didn't save enough. Right. I, I was close, but not enough, so I had to go back through quite a lot of the game mm-hmm. to save more. And yet, I love the game. I was happy to do it. Yeah. I went, fair enough. I've not saved enough. Let me go through. I love how they're bickering about it as well. Like, he shot us. And yeah. He did this. He was really mean to us. Nah. Let him, let him get chopped into whatever the new food is. The new and tasty. And I knew it was 50. And I was getting a bit worried as I came back to the factory this time. Because I wasn't close. But I didn't realize how many there are in this kind of end game section. After you have all your powers. And all your powers more like you know all your powers because like you said most of the things you can do right from the beginning of the game if you if you play around with it or if you've already played through it which i think is the idea i think it was designed well actually he said that in the interview that it was designed to be enticing for you to play through the second time because you probably didn't find them all because you especially the opening sections the secret areas are very very difficult whereas the main areas, which are just kind of the tutorial, 
aren't as tricky. So yeah, but I was I was quite happy to go through again, especially with having just played. It makes it much easier to run back through again. Some of the parts that were tricky before aren't nearly so tricky this time around. So I know that there's kind of cheering and everything if you win with saving enough, but what's the difference if you save all? Save all is it's called the Guardian Angel ending, and you don't get it on PC. They've cut it from PC completely. And it was basically you in a room with like this big television screen with like a kind of robot face of you and it's got a halo above it. It's very portal like in in a way. And I think it's basically just like kind of teasing maybe the next game. You're going to have to do all this again. Like it's just like the prophecy will continue. So I think it was like a special ending just to let you know more was coming because yeah, this is what five parts. Right. And I've known about this since, I think since this game came out, I think in the packaging, it, spoke about the fact that this is the first of the quintology. And so when you get to Abe's Exodus, which is really, I mean, it's kind of more of the same. I think that in that one, like with New and Tasty, you can actually get more than one Mudokin to move at a time, which is handy. Some of the secret rooms in this one are more tricky because of the fact you can only do one at a time. So there's a lot of running back Back and forth, which you don't quite have to do in New and Tasty. Or I'm pretty sure Abe's Exodus also kind of fixed that. But it was a much longer game, similar puzzles, similar story, just kind of continued on. Still a lot of fun. But in that one, it said, this is not part two. And I went, oh, really? Okay. (laughs) And so, yeah, that's the thing. They He's always envisioned it as being this kind of five-part story. Much as Odyssey does not count. A Stranger's Wrath does not count. (laughs) Only the upcoming Soul Storm is finally part two and is that coming then supposed to be this year yeah. it was supposed to be this year at least as we're recording i don't know for sure if the state of the world has changed that and i couldn't find any updates for that and so i don't know i don't know if it's really affected it but the thing is succeed or fail this is very much their own thing they don't have outside investors kind of yeah, you know, like producing and down, telling yeah. them what to do or to get in the way or to get in the way of their shipping, which was a big problem yeah. with both of the first two games. And that, when that's it, though. It's like you go through all this hassle to get your baby out there and then you got the, the suits like, okay, the sequel's coming next year, yeah? And I'm like, no. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> Jeez, it's like this, this takes time, you know, like... It, it took us four years to make this one. Yeah, you wanted us to make part two in ten months? Come on. Um, but that's that's the way the business works, isn't it? It's just... It was so funny watching that interview because he's, yeah, he's so... Like, he just lays it all out and it made me understand a lot about like how it must be, like how, how frustrating it must be working in, in, in that industry. Especially when you know, it's your it's your sole IP, you know, and it's like you've, you've come up with this thing on your own and you want to do the best that you can with it, but then you've got idiots who just want to make a buck, you know, and they don't care if they run into the ground, if they destroy it. And that's what probably would have happened if you'd just be, oh, okay, 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 I'll, I'll get to work on that right away, sir, you know? No, he didn't, he didn't take it and he's, he's doing it his own way. And like you said, now he doesn't need, doesn't need their money. No, they were able to kind of get back the, 100% of the IP, so it's all theirs now. Yeah. So, Which is why I think that, that, that Just Add Water was able to do it. But I look forward to that one. 
I, I don't know if I'll be there opening weekend, but <laughs> I don't think that I'll wait too long to play that one because this is a series that overall I really like. I love the world. I love the creatures in it. There's always enough of a story to make it interesting to me. And the, the dark comedy as well as the interesting puzzles. I mean, they're, they're always going to keep me coming back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even, even I texted you this after, after I'd rage quit this and it was maybe a few days later. And I was like, they still haven't fixed this checkpoint thing. So I was telling you about I was playing Call of Duty and it was exactly the same problem. Like, get through this level, kill the guys, get on a train, ride in a car. And it's like, just don't, you don't get far enough. It's like, oh, back to way back before, not even in the car ride. Like, <laughs> geez, 27 years later, they still can't get it right. I think some do. Yeah, but... some do. Some do. Yeah, yeah I, I like, um, I like Big Face as a character as well. And that bit when he's on the, when, when he's like burning the marks into his hands, I just thought of Fight Club. Like, what is this? This is a chemical burn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good game, man. It's, it's, like I said, okay, I didn't finish it, but that, that, that definitely doesn't mean I don't like it. I just, I'm not good enough to play it. Just like I like, I got a lot of respect for people that play Civ games and like these big strategy games and these like God games. I suck at them, but I, I, I like watching other people play them if they're good at them, you know? But yeah, I'll never, I'll never ever play a Civ game in my life. I've tried, I've tried it once and it's <laughs> so overwhelming. I'm not the same gamer that I used to be, that's for sure. I'm more of a constant save walking sim guy now, you know? So <laughs> I mean, I think typically I am as well, but there's something about this game, especially when you get to the temples where each room feels like its own level, and yes, you have to run through the level without dying. Uh, there is one thing with New and Tasty is they've given you kind of a health system. So... You'll still die immediately from most things, but if you, for example, get shot, you can get shot a couple times before you die rather than immediately. But there was something to this game that just felt like each section is a challenge. And I do agree. I think that there are probably personally, like my, my own opinion, some better places for some of those checkpoints and perhaps a way to checkpoint if you want to try and save everyone versus a checkpoint for if you want to just run through as quickly as possible which maybe is why there are different difficulty levels in new and tasty maybe they realize that which just further makes me curious as to what they're going to do with Soulstorm now that it's completely their own thing and now that they have decades of experience making games i'd be very interested to see if they keep the difficulty the same and, and if they keep the checkpoint system yeah and I want to finally get part two. It's only 27 years later. Who knows? This guy's worse than George R. R. Martin, man. <laughs> I think there's a huge difference between... Uh, there, there was a lot of IP issues and technical issues and money issues that they've kind of dealt with that I'm not sure that Martin in his successful career has, has had to deal with. But I will always give them the benefit of the doubt and I will always want to play another one of their games. Gaps filled and more gaps created. <laughs>